back to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes <laughs> podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, uh, as always, but not as much frequently because we've been off for a few weeks. Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Uh, a little little frantic today with the, with the weather going on. Yeah, it's it's, thir- yeah, it's we're Thursday. This Thursday afternoon, uh, Miami baseball. Obviously, by the time you guys are all... By the time a lot of you guys listen to this, probably will have already played because now this game got moved up to 10 a.m. just a few minutes ago as we were recording. Um, obviously, yeah. they kick off the NCAA baseball tournament on Friday against Canisius. They are the number six seed in the NCAA tournament, which yep. means that's a national yep. seed, which means they get to host regionals this weekend. Um, and if they get through this opening weekend of the tournament, they also get to host super regionals the following weekend. So um, obviously a very good draw for Miami. Um, not with seems like kind of a little bit of surprise that they were a, a national seed. Not that it was like impossible that they were going to be, but six, I think I was a little, a little higher than most projections had them. Obviously they were really good basically all year. Little bit of a late season swoon, I think was like, that was the concern there, but six seed. I mean, the expectation is, is to get to Omaha. Uh, it's been a long time since they've been there. Um, Susan, you've been covering this team all year long. I've not really been like locked in on them. I've uh, been, been busy with some of our other sports down here in South Florida. Uh, I feel like probably a lot of people are the same way as I am, where they're kind of casually follow it, see the updates on Twitter, read your stories when you write them, um, you know, maybe watch a game if it's on ESPNU or whatever, and there's nothing else going on. Um, so we're going to spend the bulk of this episode uh, catching everyone up on what happened in Miami baseball this season, setting the stage for the tournament, uh, which kicks off again, like we said, Friday double elimination so no matter what happens in the early game they'll they'll be playing again on Saturday right um, so Susan I guess first of all just the big picture question obviously they're a six seed like I said that means you know top eight teams you know the, the eight teams make it to Omaha that means they're favorite uh or like in, yes in position where they're expected to get there so why can this team uh get back to Omaha um well you know they when they were hot yeah okay and they were hot a lot this season okay? yeah they're really they started off really well they start off well they 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 had little slumps but mostly they were really really good but it really is just the really the end of the season okay that they had they lost uh six out of their last eight games mm-hmm. okay and both both acc um both ACC tournament games. Those were the last two games they played. And one of them, they were 10 run rule. So they, I mean, it was kind of embarrassing. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was, I don't know, 16, three, maybe it was just embarrassing yeah. anyway. Um, so it's kind of a funny question. I, you know, why, why can they get there? They can get there if they're, if they're, if they play like they did previously. Right. Okay. Their pitching was, uh, their pitching was really good. Um, a lot of the year, uh, not all of them, but, but most of those guys and, uh, their hitting was, you know, they were scoring a lot of runs, um, just smacking the heck out of the ball, uh, just, you know, double digits for during that 14 game winning streak, a lot of double digit wins. I mean, it was crazy. Um, tons of runs. Um, they're a scrappy, very young team. Um, they're not honestly, you know, I've covered the team for many years and I covered the 1999 and they've won four national titles, Miami. And in 99 and 2001, those are their two last national titles right. there. They were amazing. I mean, they're, you know, they, they, 
Honestly, yeah, the, like, that team was better. That, on that team or one of the actually those teams are great. Yeah, there's a great, but they're they're, they're better. They were better than this team. I you know, but this team has done what they had to do. I mean, they um they have you know they have some really nice hitter. CJ Kafis is he's a leading hitter, three sixty nine. Yep. Nobody you would necessarily expect their their top home run hitter has 14, Yohandi Morales, Yo-Yo Morales. Um, they've just done, they've done, they've just were hitting really well and their pitching was really good, but honestly, their pitching has struggled. I mean, of late, they have struggled. And, uh, and Gino Damari, the coach says it's a new season. Um, and it is, um, but you know, you just you got to hope that their pitching comes through because right. their number three pitcher really hasn't uh, hasn't done that great this year um, to begin with, and uh, you know the and now their their ace Carson Palmquist that was a closer that was like one of right. the best he was the, one of the best relievers in the country last year and he's been very uh, good as a starter too he has been very good he lost his last game and he didn't do well at all. Um, but you know, their second, you know, and their number two kid is the freshman Carson Ligon. His name is L I G O N. Um, like he's lost his last three games. I mean, he was like red hot and then he's lost. So it's, I mean, as a reporter, it's hard not to be a little like wondering, you know, if you would have caught me before these last days, we would have been like, Oh, this team looks like an Omaha no doubt. Whatever. Yeah. I, they have to, they really, you know, Gino Damari was talking about mentally, he has to get his guys uh, turned around and prepared, but now he's saying it's a new season. And, but uh, I, you know, this game, the game, they just, NCAA just changed the game time right. to 10 AM. Right. It just broke this news yep. and it was supposed to be at noon and it was bad enough that it was at noon as far as getting fans on a Friday. At noon. Yeah, it's hard. And now the there's day, a, there are games today too, right? Like it happens kind of all around the country, right? Where... Uh, yeah, I mean it's t- it's all about TV or whatever. But the the point is that I don't. They were very worried about the noon time as far as people showing up, and with the weather, right? A tropical depression. They they're calling for the National Hurricane Center or whatever is saying like National Weather Service is saying they made it to wind. day two of hurricane season, and we're already. Uh, it's crazy yeah exactly and the wind gusts are saying in the high 30s during the regional rain torrential rain lightning i mean i mean really and now it's at 10 a.m so though there's gonna be no i can't imagine anybody being in the stand so right away that takes away a huge advantage for miami Miami is a great great home field crowd all that oh my god yeah mark light they have great great fans um and I, i can't i just I can't see it then that that aspect of it, but the good, well, I don't see much. It's going to be crappy weather, and I don't know. Hurricane if season to, though, right? Is that good vibes for Miami? Hurricanes, maybe hurricanes. Yeah. It might be. It might be, but they might have to start and stop. It's going to affect right. the pitching. I mean, if a guy, if the, if they start and it starts raining, and and then the guy can't pitch because his arm is, you know, he right. can't go back out there. I mean, it's really. 
I don't know. It's not a good thing yeah. other than they're going to have a lot of time to rest possibly. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spend too much time like talking about the pitching decision that Gino has to make for Friday yeah. morning because it's going to no. be old by the time everyone listens to this. Yes, you're but, right. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, and obviously there's always the balancing act of Miami's the one seed. So they're playing the four, you know, like you, if you just thought like first game of the playoffs, it means you're your ace starts, but a lot of times you save the ace for game two, hoping that your number yeah. two guy can be. So it's, it's, you know, which everyone, they'll do. Every, you know, unless you're Tennessee this year, who seems to be like an all-time juggernaut, like, oh yeah, there are not, every college baseball team has flaws, usually somewhere in the pitching, usually the bullpen stinks, or you only have two good pitchers or two good starters, and getting through regionals is, it's almost like a puzzle a lot of the time, right? It's like, so you know know you're going to have Carson pitch one game, and hopefully he pitches a good game for you, because if not, you're in trouble. Like, if your ace struggles in regionals, you're in a lot of trouble, um, like you yeah, said, pitching the, is everything in, yeah. in the regionals. You need one good game from Carson Palmquist. You need, like you said, you, you got they, they trust Lagone, I guess, kind of is there too. Is that yeah, yeah. I don't know if he'll I don't know if he'll start or if Jake Garland will start, but but yeah. then again, they also, by the way, have a great uh they have a great closer. Right. So that was the other nation. thing I wanted to mention is Andrew Walters, Walters uh yeah. 1.2 ERA. So they do yeah. You know, the bullpen, like every college baseball team, once you in the middle innings is not, you know, I think that's the same case for every college baseball, every college. baseball. If you ask any college baseball fan what the problem with their their team is, they'll be like, our middle relievers are no good. That's just college baseball. (laughs) Those guys aren't going to play in the majors or whatever. Like they're They're the young ones. Yeah, they're young guys or they're, you know, veterans who don't have the stuff to be a starter or closer or whatever. Um, But they do have, you know, between Walters. you know, they've got, they got a couple other Rafe Schlesinger's had good numbers in very small sample size. Alex McFarlane, um, who's like popping up on, you know, he's going to be he's, like, I've seen him pop up on like mock drafts. So they've got a couple of guys where they can piece together a bullpen game a little bit too, or, or really yeah. lean on their bullpen. Did, I think the back. Did end. we did, did we actually, David, say who they're playing? Canisius. <laughs> I think I said it. You did it, right? Canisius, Canisius, yeah. Golden. But Griffin. again, by the time a lot of people listen to this, that it's game might be over. Over. It's yeah, going to be done. It's no one. 7 a.m. on Friday, so yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be done. Noon, it's kind of old news. That's why I want to talk right. about the big picture about this regional, about you're right. where they can go uh, from here. So, by the way, here's something really interesting. Um, Miami has been a national seed. You know, there's over there's about 300 300 Division One teams. College baseball. Miami's number six, right? National seed. Um, so this is the eighth time ever, eighth time in history that Miami um, has been a national seed. I don't think they started doing that till 1999, mm-hmm. but all previous seven times that they were named national seeds, they made it to the college world series and being a top eight national seed, like you said, just means if you win, you host next week, right. the next round. Yeah. So and that is play. you. And being being the one seed in your regional is a big deal, obviously a big deal too, because you get to play the four seed in game one. Right. Theoretically, you get to like line up your pitching staff a little bit. You know, the two the who are the it's uh Ole Miss and Arizona. Miss and Arizona, they're probably gonna have to throw their aces in game one. Cause like if you lose that game one to that that team, like it makes it yeah, you're, Miami you're, has that it's a little bit of a risk, obviously, to not throw Palmquist in game one, because if you lose right. All of a sudden, you're in trouble. But if you think you can be Canisius with your number two, like it, there's, it's a pot. Like I said, it's a little bit of a puzzle when you're the one seed. 
um, to try to get through, especially when you're like, if you have three great pitchers, it makes it a lot easier. Like you said, Miami has one awesome ace. Uh, and then the, the other, the rest of that rotation is a, a little bit more uh, filled with question marks. So it sounds like basically when this team is, is really rolling, it's all about balance, right? They've got a good lineup, not like a spectacular lineup. They've got very good pitching, not incredible pitching. It's got to all come together. And they're, and they and 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 I sometimes you're hitting this. the mail out. You're pitching sometimes the other. Their defense, but... their defense is not is right. not. It feels like I, they're well, yeah, yeah. Their defense, their outfield. I mean, there have been some really bad plays, some bad throwing, uh, and I, yeah. So hopefully the hopefully the home field will help them. You know, but mm-hmm. we'll see. So other than Carson Palmquist, and I'll say, well, I'll, I'll exclude Walters also. Who's the most important guy for them in this run? Who needs to? Oh, uh, I think Yohandi Morales. Yeah, you think Yo-Yo? Uh, he feels like he, the guy who has a really chance good. to single-handedly well, carry them, right? Yeah, he's a great third baseman, really great. and um, 14 home runs. Like, he feels like the one guy who can kind of single-handedly win you games on offense, basically, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he has he's, like Cavis is very good, but he's not the same level of power hitter, right? He's more of a, a bad yeah, Yohandi is nice. Like he's great both ways. He can really hit and uh he comes through in the clutch. Um yeah, they've got some, you know, like I said, they do have some guys that can hit. He's right. Yeah, and Max Max Romero can come come through in the clutch. Uh, their catcher who played for Vanderbilt. He's the only kid who's been in the college world series, by the way, because he played for Vanderbilt last two years. So, um, yeah, I mean, they do have some guys that are, that are, you know, that can hit, they're not necessarily really big guys, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they like should a first be round pick it. hitter on their lineup in the roster. Probably. I guess yo-yo maybe could be a, he's young still, right? Is he only a, Mm, Yo-Yo's third junior, I think. Is he a junior? I is it or third year? Can yeah, you, I'm, I'm so thrown off with who was <laughs> who was around when because we missed that season. But you know, if you look at the 2020 yeah. like uh, draft boards, like they don't have a lot of guys in that. So it's it's about the pitching, like all, right. and one of these hitters got to get hot, and all of a sudden, yeah, or or a few, and it's yeah, definitely. He's a, I'm wrong. Three. He's a sophomore, but oh. he's a um. Draft eligible sophomore? No, actually, no, no. This was only his second year. That's good for them. He'll be back. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty top heavy lineup. You look, Kafis, Burke, Morales. Those are all all three guys bat three twenty three or better. Um, and you could throw Romero in there too. He's got 12, 12 home runs. So those four, um, kind of th- those guys can win you games basically. Right. Obviously, you always, you know, if, if Dominic Patelli shows up and has a couple of clutch hits, we're, we're talking about him next week. But those are those are the four guys to know in the lineup, it feels like. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Susan. Um, let's talk some football because there's actually some football news in the last week. Um. That is Alonzo Highsmith coming home uh, to what is the? Do you know the, the official title? Yeah, he's the uh, general manager of football operations, which we had first, by the way. Yes, um, uh, a long time coming. Um, not just oh yeah, not just kind of rumblings you you had heard, but also it feels like for three four years it's been like oh is Alonzo Highsmith going to come to Miami? Like I heard he wants to. Like there's always been those rumors. Right. That he wants to come home. Um, so he was you, a he was a candidate for the AD job, right? Yeah, that, that Dan Radikovich earned, right? So that Dan Dan Radikovich got hired as the new AD, and uh, and Highsmith's name. I mean, I think he nearly everybody thought he was going to be hired when Manny Diaz was here in 2019. Yeah, um, we've been hearing about that, this for three years, basically. Yeah, about um, Alonzo. But what happened was, I don't think Manny wanted him looking over his shoulder. I mean, we we talk about we talked about that, and that's. That's basically what happened. So they they didn't hire him, yeah. you know. And then we've been hearing you're right for like the last many months yeah. about a lot. Oh, actually, since right since uh, well, since the AD search, Mario. basically, right? Yeah, yeah, since the new, yeah, since the AD search. Yep. Yeah, because he's been and in the, his name was came up a lot when we were hearing about that. And uh, also that, but also David, we, you know what. We, when we, we realized that he wasn't going to get the AD. Right, it was still his name was floating around. It was then all of a sudden, it was like, you know what? All of a sudden, we heard pretty soon afterwards, maybe he's coming as in another in another, in another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another so, role. So you know Alonzo well. You have known yes, him for, for years. Um, what, why, why, was, why do you want to come home so bad? You know, he had a great job in the NFL, right? He was working for the Seahawks, talent evaluator for the Browns for a um, long time. He grew time. up here. He grew up here. It? He loves it. It's here. the allure of home. I, I he went. Like, he grew up here. He went to Columbus High. Uh, he's one we've the, talked a million times in the last six months about the Columbusification of, of the Col- University of Miami's football. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Those guys, uh, they they all you know they're all like tight. And so Mario Cristobal is from Columbus. He's from Columbus. Um, he, his he met his wife Denise. Uh, at um okay they were both- they're, they're too far apart in age to play together right yeah yeah mario's about six years younger okay continue yeah yeah hey, and exactly i was wondering if they overlapped at uh columbus. It's about six years younger but yeah. but but you know we, you know the columbus guys know each other right yeah, so, yeah, yeah but but denise uh his wife went to um um you know there's there's they have they have three sons and, and, and two daughters. And, um, he's been, since he was a hurricane, like he wasn't going to go to UM at first. He played for UM. He was a, you know, famous, a, a fullback. I guess he was a defensive end, I think at, um, at, uh, Columbus. Columbus. And then they changed his position. He played under Howard Schnellberger. Right. And, um, 
he was with all those, all those, you know, Benny, you know, all the, the old time um, Mel Bratton and, yeah, uh, you know, winning and, you know, the national championship. Yeah, he was a freshman on the 83 team. Yeah, in 83, he, he, he helped lead UM to its first national title. I mean, he's from here. His wife is from here. They met at UM. He just loves this place. His son, AJ, is now a scout for Buffalo. And just another uh, team that has hundred feels like hundreds of Miami connections. You're right, right? KJ and who else? KJ. Well, I was and, it, no, not KJ. They have Greg and Jaquan and Jaquan. um Ken Dorsey was there for a while, right? Yeah, Ken Dorsey was Dan yep. Morgan there at one point. Yeah, Dan now is he's he in, in he's back in Carolina, but he was in Buffalo. Carolina, okay. A- a- anyway, um he he's I swear, he has such passion for UM. He just, he's always loved Look at UM. some of the, like, so he was in Cleveland and they get, um, when he's there, they draft Chad, Chad Willis. They draft uh, Sheldrick, I believe, when he was there. Uh, David Njoku. Uh, <laughs> they had Duke Johnson in the building, I think, when he was there. And then he goes to Seattle and they get Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's yeah, got his biases. <laughs> Yeah, he does, but the, but those guys did well, right? Have a lot of them, most, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's very well respected uh, as as a scout, as a as an executive who knows football really well, and um, you know. So do you do you think basically do you think he's wanted to come back for a while, and this is just finally kind of with with yes. the, with the change in the athletic department, it finally opened the door for him. Yeah, I do. I think it's been a few years. I think he's, you know, and, and plus, you know, what he's 57 or whatever. And, yeah. you know, maybe this is his last, who knows? I, you can't tell the future, but maybe it's his last job. I'm sure he's hoping. Yeah, he worked in the you NFL know? for about a decade. Um, so he's been, he was in the NFL for many years and um, 19. Well, actually, sorry, like as, a, as an executive season. for about a decade. I mean, yeah, he was 19 seasons Green Bay Packers. Uh, I mean, he's, um, yeah, he's. I think he would like this to be as kind of the last hurrah for however long it is, and he really thinks UM can get back to what what it once is. He really feels that and knows that. Um, I think he's so excited to be back, actually. And I think everybody likes the guy. Yeah. So what is this role exactly going to be? It's general manager of football. Like, obvious. So it's interesting because typically the football coach, the college football coach is both the coach and the general manager, right? They're the one making the ultimate say on, we want to recruit this guy. Um, Alonzo's expertise is is player evaluation and personnel, I guess. So yes. is that what his job is going to be here at Miami? Is that the sense you get that he's going to be maybe not necessarily telling Mario who to get, but he's going to be kind of another, we heard the same thing when Ed Reed was here was just like another set of eyes in recruiting. Like, is that kind of the sense you get of what his job is, is largely going to entail? That's what I believe it is. I mean, I, UM, UM wrote, you know, and Alonzo will say that he's going to do anything that he needs to do to help the football program. That's what he'll. That's what he's saying generally. And like UM made sure they put in their release that he's going to work directly with Mario yeah. and he's going to support all administrative functions, budget related, culture building, program imaging, right? Working directly with the staff, 
He's going to be a liaison between administration and the football program. Um, you know, it's going to be a liaison between, oh, former Miami players. That's big. And, and the yep. staff. Uh, you know, and then especially says, with his NFL connections, you know, he's like, oh my god! And then it says assist. The last thing they wrote is assist with scouting and roster assessment, and supervise NFL relations. Personally, I think that's his main job. You think that's going high? Yeah, I do. I think he's going to be. Re- he's going to have his eye on and just what he did. I mean, he was a great scout and talent evaluator. Yeah, he's, I think he's going to, in whatever way he's allowed through the NCAA. If it means traveling to different games to whatever, yeah, if he's allowed, travel, but he'll be, you know, they have, a, know. they have a recruiting camp on Saturday. Like, I wonder if if, if he's standing out there next to Mario, being like, "Oh, I like I like the way that defensive lineman moves." Yeah, definitely. I like the way that. Uh, however old he is, that nine year old or fourteen year old, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I, yeah, I, I mean, he's that's, you know, he's great at that, and he's. He's really, his heart is so Miami. He's a real smart guy. So, um, and a hard worker. So I think uh, they say he's going to do everything, but I love the the thing about wor- with the, the former players, yeah, you know, who are very upset with Mario, uh, with, uh, if not with uh, Manny Diaz. Right. Not Mario. They love Mario. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, I think he's going to, He's going to bring them back into the fold. They're so excited. I just, I know it, those guys, the old timers. Um, But I think basically he's going to help really, he might not be able to recruit directly. Okay. But within the NCAA framework and rules, he's going to, he's going to be evaluating. Yeah. um, For sure. I mean, I mean, Mario, Mario is smart guy. He's, you know, yeah, I, I mean, Mario's going to be the last one. He'll have the last say, but I think he's going to listen very intently to, uh, you know, to Alonzo. Yeah. So I think it's he's great. Lot, I think he's got a lot of voices to juggle now between, um, I mean, like you oh think my God. Jason Taylor, uh, oh. you know, Roland Smith, um, obviously, you know, all these former head coaches, Charlie Strong, Kevin Steele. Incredible. Um, uh, uh, Josh Gaddis, who will probably be a head coach in the next couple of years. Uh, that's a lot of, a lot of opinions, which is a good thing, obviously, but there's also, you gotta, it's, it's in, in some ways it's going to make it easier for Mario. Cause like, uh, his attention, you know, like, does he, he doesn't really have to worry about the NFL relations if that's just Alonzo's job, right? Like it's a, it's a new position basically that like, uh, lets Alonzo kind of oversee everything. And obviously Mario will be involved, but he doesn't have to like manage it. Um, right. But again, at the same time, like that's when it comes to evaluating, you get Jason Taylor's opinion, you get uh, Alonzo Highsmith's opinion. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, that's all, that's good, but you got, it's, it's a lot of work to be able to work through all those different opinions and, and come to one decision. Well, I, I can tell you one thing for, sh- for sure. David Alonzo is, no wimp. He is yeah. very strong. He is very strong. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's is, a lot of strong personalities in the building, which again is, is yeah. a good, can be a good thing, but also obviously has its challenges. He's open. Uh, he's open to, to, to do whatever and to help in any way he can and, um, and to listen. He's going to be a good listener and stuff, but he definitely has, you know, has his opinions and they're 
And more often than not, they're probably really good opinions. So mm -hmm. I, it's, it's like mind boggling to me what Mario has done. Um, there's so many people there now, you know? I mean, it's, I, I've said it a million times. Obviously what Mario has done is impressive, but so much of it is just the finance. Like we don't, obviously yes. they're not a public university. We don't know exactly the money they're spending. Uh, right. We know it's a whole lot more money than they were spending uh, when Manny Diaz was the coach or Mark Richt was the coach or sure. Al Golden was the coach or Randy Shannon was the coach or go back, go. It's more, I mean, obviously with inflation and everything, it's always going to be more money than they've ever spent, but like adjusted for all that, this is, they've never done anything like this. The amount of money they're spending on um, obviously a lot of assistant coach. The, the first of all, the head coach, his assistant coaches, all the analysts we're, we're talking about football uh, facilities being renovated in the next couple of years here. Um, it is like unprecedented times, obviously in Miami. And, and that is obviously like when Mario comes, it, it juices the excitement of the boosters and all that. So he, he plays a role in that, but at the same time, so much of what is, is going on in Miami is um, due to people other than Mario Cristobal. And um, I think he'd be the first to admit that. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is going to be one interesting season. All right. Uh, let's wrap up with some real quick basketball talk. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. We're not going to go to, we're not doing Blake James. Oh, right. I forgot. About, it's on, not on my outline because we added it late. Uh, yeah. Blake James going to Boston college feels like a good fit. Yeah. And I mean, it, here's the thing, Blake James, former athletic director at UM. I mean, it's like, <laughs> he's like he a new England guy, whole, right? Isn't he from the whole Alonzo thing? Yeah. I think he, um, or he was at Maine before, I think. Yeah. Yes, he was. He, he Yes. Yeah. He lived in New England eight years. He was at Maine. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's a great fit for him. And I mean, it's Boston, you know, Boston college is, is a nice school. Yeah. It's an easy um, job. Um, yeah. He's going to be seeing, he'll be seeing the hurricanes. People are saying, well, they never play. Well, they football, football they don't play that yeah, much, but he's basketball part of, every year. They play, yeah, he's part of the he's part of the same conference, and now he's going to be at meetings, he's going to be at the maybe at the ACC meetings. I bet you, uh, oh, that's right, I got to do something on that anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy for Blake, I just wanted to get that out there because uh -huh. he's he's kind of an He's a result of that whole Manny Diaz, Mario Cristobal thing. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Let's wrap up with ba basketball real quick. We got a couple of minutes left. Sure. Uh, Isaiah Wong coming back uh, on uh, the deadline for, for players to make their decision was uh, Thursday, whether they're going to stay in the draft or come back to college. Um, Isaiah Wong obviously had a, a strange offseason uh, where he was part of a, a some of these the uh oddness of year one of the nil where nigel pack comes in with a highly publicized eight hundred thousand dollar deal from from john ruiz um mm -hmm. and he was like what the heck I'm, I'm the star player i'm i'm the guy who's been here all along why aren't i getting this kind of money uh his agent said he was going to go in the transfer portal he kind of refuted that obviously he was all at the same time always evaluating his draft prospects um but with him coming back miami is isn't um Decent shape to, you know, losing Cam Augusti uh, will hurt a lot. That was your best player. Losing Charlie Moore will hurt a lot. That was your point guard. But bringing Nigel Pack to replace one of those guys and then bringing Isaiah Wong back um, gives you a, you know, is 
they're not going to be top 10 in the country in the preseason or anything, but they're, they're, they're a team that with Jim Laranaga still around, like the expectation is going to be that they're a tournament team. Once again, um, I think there was a concern with last year's team because of how veteran heavy they were. They started three seniors, um, three sixth year seniors that like, could they replicate this? Obviously you never know, but, but you know, Jim Laranaga <laughs> is kind of the expert of the transfer portal and, uh, he, he pulled it off a little bit there and then getting Wong back, I think really solidifies them as a team that should be a tournament team next year. Yeah. I, I mean, but they weren't supposed to do anything this year either. Were they? Right, exactly. I mean, I, if, I, you, if you listen to me and Michelle preview last season, I think we both thought they were going to be a, a bubble team, um, which is also right. kind of what they were based on their seed. Um, but you know, this, this group should be, Isaiah Wong has got to take a, a big step forward. I think he's been third team all ACC the last couple of years. Um, the ACC is also going to get more respect this year than it did last year because everyone uh, severely underrated it all season long. And then, of course, they had two teams in the final four and I think, was it three in the Elite Eight? So, um, yeah, I mean, Isaiah Wong was a guy, I think he boosted his draft stock a little bit in the tournament. He's clearly like the most NBA prospect type guy great athlete everyone remembers the dunk he had against Auburn uh pretty good shooter so like uh you know I don't know if he was going to get drafted he stayed in the draft but he was going to get a shot somewhere in the NBA and in the G League um but I think him coming back is obviously good for Miami and, and I think he's got a chance you know he'll be a uh fourth third I don't I don't even remember but he's he'll be a junior next year he's been around so he's, he's getting older, but not incredibly like he's not like going to be like a 60 or senior like some of these guys are where it's like, are you really going to boost your draft stock by coming back for another year? I think he's got a chance to um, come back, be the best player on a tournament team, be the guy, uh, more of a primary ball handler than he was when Charlie Moore was there. And um, I, I think it has a chance to work out for both sides. Not not totally surprised to see him coming back, um, but I think a pleasant surprise for Miami. Yeah, it was. and. Um... Yeah, things are looking up for the Hurricanes. Yeah, it's been a, obviously a, good, uh, a very good 2022 after not a very good 2021. Good we'll, point. We'll see what baseball does. We'll this see. Year. Well, the first so, half. Yeah, that's that's well, that's the uh, the team that has a chance to really, I think, make a mark. Although obviously basketball did too. Um, before I let you go, which which uh, specialty milkshake are you most excited for this weekend? We've got the hottie toddy. For uh, Ole Miss, we've got what was it, prickly pear for prickly uh, pear for Arizona, and we've got a buffalo wing milkshake for Canisius yeah. in Buffalo. Which are you most excited right. for? I'm gonna pa- well, I'm gonna pass on the buffalo one because I something about that? I saw um uh, I... uh what's his name Darren Ravel tweeted a picture of it. It has like chicken wings in it. Ooh. I think I'm going to pass on that one. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I, I but not because of the buffalo wings, I, because of uh, ranch dressing. There's something about ranch dressing in my milkshake that yeah. doesn't excite me. Um, I like the hottie. I'm not really big on bourbon or anything, but the hottie, I am big on, what was there, cinnamon and yeah, vanilla? Cinnamon, vanilla, and like bourbon flavoring. Yeah, something about the bourbon flavoring. I'm not maybe if it was real bourbon, it would be more interesting, but I I don't uh I'm not sure about that one. And then the other one was um oh prickly pear, yeah. That's oh, that was pear. 
Um, oh, it's a margarita. There, there you go oh, again. Margarita flavor, right? Like a fake margarita flavor. I don't know, man. It's either between the prickly pear or maybe the the uh, cinnamon one. I think. Yeah, so we got the the Ole Miss one is vanilla cinnamon bourbon flavor. The prickly pear for Arizona is vanilla margarita flavor. And yeah, I don't know about the margarita. Vanilla ranch and hot sauce. Oh man. And no, the pictures I I, are insane of that. It's got like celery sticks and carrots in it. Uh, <laughs> I I'll tell you what, I this, this, the, uh, the hottie toddy one looks pretty good. I saw some Mark Lightshake tweeted a picture of it about half an hour ago. It's got oh, yeah. I've, sprinkled on top. It's got a, a lemon uh, rind in it. Um, oh, I'm going to have to. Ch- I think that's the one I'd have to check out. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to be over right. around campus. So I'm, I might, uh, I don't know if I can just like walk in and get a milkshake while a NCAA regional game is going on. Might have to uh, hit up the Miami uh, PR people to see if I can get myself in. And um, bag. Did you yeah. know? I'm looking at Mark Lightshake's Twitter page right now. Do you know when they played Maine a couple years ago? They did a lobster one that had lobster tails in it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. How old were those lobster tails? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to check. I'm about to check that Mark Light shake or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I think I'll actually. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I haven't had one shake all season. Wow. Are you gonna get one this weekend? Um, I don't know. I haven't had one. I don't want to like. What's the one I like? I like I like the baseball buddy. It's the peanut butter one. That's that's what I think. I like the lemon. Wait, did they show the other ones? Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm looking at <laughs> the chicken wing the, one. Yes, it actually looks pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, it can't be that sweet, right? It's got to be like a savory flavored milkshake somehow. Oh no! You can have your chance at ranch or blue cheese. Yeah, and you like dip the. You must like dip the wing in the shake, and it's got. Um, like a savory kind of play. I'm, I'm curious about it. Where's the, did they do a picture of the other stuff? I've not seen the prickly hey. pear. They, they tweeted the hottie toddy one. I'll tell you what, the, and, I could, and, I and tag Elaine Kiffin and Eli Manning in the tweet. Oh my God. I, I, it looks like a baseball diamond, doesn't it? On the hottie toddy one. Oh yeah, it kind of does. I wonder if that's intentional. I, th- I think I'm going to say it's intentional. It's it, that looks kind of good. Yeah, that oh, that, that, to me. the other one looks interesting, but I, I'm staying away from the wings and the yeah, buffalo. I will, I'll watch a video of someone who eats it and listen to a review, but um, I'm, Do you I'm think not. it's a lot more money because there's wings in it. Probably. Yeah. Well, I would, I would drink that hottie time. I'm a cinnamon guy. I like cinnamon. Love cinnamon. I put it in my oatmeal all the time. <laughs> all right. I think we can wrap things up on that note. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. She will be out at the light all weekend for uh, baseball regionals. So be sure to follow her uh, while you're sitting at your desk on Friday and, and looking for something to do instead of work. Uh, she'll have your updates from Coral Gables. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, I kind of got nothing going on. It's kind of nice. Been so busy the last couple of weeks. Got, got nothing going on now. So that's, I'm glad I'm happy for you, David. Yeah. Really? Uh, so, I am. Uh, thanks as always for listening and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.